I wanted to ask you a kind of a personal question. Uh, how many of you stayed up too late last night? I would be one of those people. I stayed up too late last night. Uh, whenever I stay up too late, uh, I had um, uh, my roommate in college, my best man, uh, he, he would always uh, um, scold me in kind of a prudish way, and he'd say, you know, Sunday morning begins Saturday night, you know, and it was what his mom had told him and kind of preparation for church, and so I wanted to scold all of you who stayed up too late last night. Um, I, I, I think about that, and I think about, well, how many of us have failed the Lord this week in any way, shape, or form? And I'd raise my hand. I'm closing my eyes and raising my hand because I don't want to see you. I got enough problems of my own. Um, but this morning, as we come to be with God's people, uh, to worship Him, and to look at His Word, to uh, sing of His goodness, uh, to remember uh, His God's sacrifice in sending his son and his perfect um, atonement for our sins and the grace that comes only through the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, we don't come because we did great this week. We don't come this morning because we killed it last night and we had all our act together. We come because God has loved us so much and he sent his son. And we can gather in his name without guilt, not because we're not guilty, but because Jesus took care of all the guilt on the cross. And it's not because everything's in the right place, and it's not because the future, our future, the days ahead, we know what's going to happen and we feel real comfortable with it. Um, It's not because of any of those things. It's because of Jesus. And so um, with that in mind, Turn in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 12. Uh, We are coming to the conclusion of this book, and my desire today um, is to get through chapter 12, and then next week uh, we'll have one more kind of concluding uh, summary message on the book of Daniel, hitting some of the highlights of our study. Uh, And so that's where we're going. Let me pray for us and just ask God's blessing on our time. God, thank you for giving us your word um, that we might know, we might know uh, your thoughts, uh, that you might reveal who you are to us and how much you love us, that you might tell us about what your future plan is, what you are going to bring about. And God, I do thank you that you are intimately involved in what's going on in our lives and in our world right now. That you're not a God that is apart from this world, but you are uh, orchestrating and bringing to pass uh, your plan. God, we know there are many wicked people, but we know you are above them all. And we see you working and and doing your work, even in the midst of chaos throughout the world. God, help us to trust you as we look at your word. Help us, our hearts, to be calmed, not because uh, they're calm things, but because we know you, the one who is bringing these things about. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 
you're here last week, uh, we looked at Daniel chapter 11, and uh, we saw this world ruler, and really throughout the book of Daniel, we see Antichrist over and over and over again. We see him bringing about, uh, taking his place as a world ruler, uh, desiring to bring about a new world religion, uh, being about world war, and now today we look at the really the great tribulation and the deliverance of God's people, the resurrection of uh, God's people, and then the judgment and the righteous rewards for those uh, who deserve them. And so uh, this morning, as we get into chapter 12, I'm just going to march through it as many times we've done and, and make comment as we go uh, this morning through Daniel chapter 12. Uh, it's interesting to me, and, and you, you need to think about this, that Daniel is in his 80s at this time. He is not a young man. He's seen many things in previous chapters in this time of his 80s where he's seeing these visions and getting this uh, angelic visitation where God's sending him a messenger to tell him what's going on. Uh, we see him, even in these days, being bothered, even having seen uh, world, uh, his world upended as a young man and being brought into captivity and seeing different turnovers and regime changes. We see this over and over again, that now Daniel comes to the end of his writing as he is recording what has happened, and we see this really this kind of culmination of what is going to happen, not in his lifetime, but at the end of time, the end of time uh, of this world. Daniel's concern is for his people, God's people, uh, the people of Jerusalem, the, the, the people, his family, and, and what is going to happen to these ones of, of them. He was thinking of us, of this idea that, that he is the one, the chosen one, and part of the chosen people, and, and what is going to happen to them? How is this going to play out? And we see this really defining culmination in chapter 12 of what is to happen. Uh, we sang some songs today that really talked about peace and, and the idea of the end. And we struggle with both of those, don't we? What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? Um, I always remember my days as a youth pastor and one of the most challenging things you could ever do as a youth pastor is go to middle school summer camp. They're relentless. And it's not just their energy, it's their questions. What are we going to do next? What cabin am I going to be in? Who else is going to be in my cabin? What are we having for dinner? When are we going to stop? Where are we going to stop? Who can I sit by? Who can I not sit? You know, this, like, they're relentless. They're relentless. And, and most of us don't grow out of that, right? Uh, it's with the Lord. Now, what's going to happen next? How's this going to play out? How much longer? How much this? How much that? How much this? You know, and, and as a child would look to their father and say, I got to know, uh, the father gives us, gives us what he knows we need to know but not everything. And so as we looked at Daniel chapter 12 this morning, we begin and it says, at the time, at that time, 
shall arise Michael, uh, the great prince who is in charge of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never been since there, there was a nation till that time. But, but at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. Once again, we see Michael, the archangel, and it's described in verse 1 as the one, the prince that is in charge of your people. And so we get this picture that this angel is somehow in charge of God's people. They've been in captivity, and uh, it's been hard to see uh, that things have been going well. And Daniel uh, now is visited uh, by Michael, the archangel, and, and you get this picture of him communicating to him at this time. And he describes a time in the future, a time of trouble. Now, uh, when you think of times of trouble, everyone has times of trouble. You, you even think about it in your own life. You know, uh, you, you might think of a, a particular season or event, and you say, oh, I remember that day. It was a time of trouble. Maybe you lost a loved one. Maybe you went through an illness. Maybe you went through a hard time of, uh, of depression or, or maybe financial loss where you were just struggling. And you look back and you say, oh, that was a time of trouble. And even as I have talked about the idea of uh, going through difficult times, those of you who have gone through difficult times know that uh, when you face another one, you go, oh, I can get through it because I got through this. This passage talks about a time in the future a time of trouble, but it defines it as this time of trouble, this particular one that's going to come about, such has never been since there was a nation till that time. Okay? And so uh, Daniel, knowing uh, his people, a nation, a, a people, he knows back uh, when they were called, he knows the history, he knows his history, and he's looking to the future for a time, a time of trouble that will be greater, a greater trouble, a greater trouble than has ever happened for his people uh, since they began till that time. And uh, I'll just let the cat out of the bag. This is the last time. This is the last. This is the last season. This is the last period of time that is recorded. And so... Uh, when you look at all the trouble that has happened in the world. And I think that's important for you to remember. Think of every war that's happened on the face of this earth. Think about every uh, genocide or, or difficult time or persecution. And as it describes in Daniel chapter 12, that this time that Daniel is getting a peek into, uh, there's a, is a time of trouble, and it's never been like this or since the nation till that time. Uh, more significant. Notice, um, as you look at this, uh, God is uh, giving to Daniel that this is his people, the Israelites, the Jews. And so as we work this out in our minds, we know that this has not happened. And so we see this coming. And so we get a vague picture of what is to come in the end. God's people, the Israelites, a time of trouble like has never been seen. It, we won't flip over there, but in Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 7, it refers to this time as being Jacob's trouble. God's people have a specific trouble 
uh, though it is a worldwide event as well, but specifically the Jews. As he gives this picture of this significant, um, significant is not the right word, epic time of trouble that is like no other, uh, but it says of this time, middle of verse 1, but at that time your people shall be delivered, shall be delivered. It's not a time of trouble, of disaster in the sense that uh, it won't be recovered. They will be delivered during that time. And, and this is important for you to get, okay? I, I don't want to sort this out because I can't. Uh, who is being delivered in this passage? God's people, the Jews, right? All of them? Well, which ones? Well, how do you know? How do you know which one? How many? And it, how's this going to work out? I, I want you to get this in your mind, that this picture in Daniel, in Daniel, is talking about something in the future where there will be a separation. It won't be all. Uh, some have suggested that um, because of God choosing the, his Jews, his, his people, the Israelites, that all of them will be saved apart from repenting, apart from trusting in Jesus. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that. I want you to get that. This is very important. Um, and so we get this picture in verse 1. Uh, there's going to be this difficult trouble, but there's also going to be an amazing deliverance. But it makes clear everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. Where's the book? Where's the book? We're, we're going to read the names, you know. Uh, we don't have that book. It is God's book. It, it's not something that we're privileged to see the names but it's part of God's plan, those names that are written in that book. um, And so uh, we look towards this time in verse 1. We see this picture of the last uh, time or the the last section that we're looking at. A time of trouble that is like no other, but a time of deliverance, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. Verse 2. Um, it says, and, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to everlasting shame uh, and everlasting contempt. As you look at that, you realize in this last time, uh, there's, there's another group. So these who are alive, I think you can make this distinction in verse 1, the ones who are alive, whose names are written in this book, shall be delivered. But in verse 2, there are those who sleep. And uh, most many times in the Scripture, this idea of sleep is a, a nice way of saying death. Um, and I believe that's what it's talking about here in verse 2. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. The picture of awaking, uh, connecting with some to everlasting life, awaking to everlasting life, that's a resurrection. And some to shame and everlasting contempt. The picture here is, once again, of those people or your people, uh, those who die during this time. We haven't figured out how long this time is yet. We have, but we haven't. We're going to get there. Um, but uh, you, you have this, this picture here. There are going to be those who die in this last time. Those who, uh, there, and within those who die, there's going to be two places as well. Some to everlasting life 
and some to shame and everlasting contempt. I, I once again just want to point out that the God's people, the Jews, uh, is not all that are saved. Uh, it is some that are saved and some uh, that are lost, lost ones. And those, uh, verse 3, and, and those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky, and those who are uh, turn many to righteousness like stars forever and ever. You get the picture here of what happens. There's reward or um, commendation or lifting up, uh, especially for those who have pointed others to the way during this time. And so just to think of this, at the hands of the Antichrist, uh, there will be many who die, both through wars and persecution. Uh, Some of those who die will be resurrected to life eternal, others to shame and punishment, and others, the great reward uh, and acknowledgement um, for turning others to the one true God. Verse 4. But you, Daniel, uh, this message continues, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Yikes. Is that me or is that a demon? Is this it? Am I touching something? Um, If it keeps doing that, turn it off and I'll belt it out. Um, Verse 4, but you, Daniel, shut up these words and seal seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. You you think about this, and Daniel, an older man in his 80s, he, he probably knew, he probably knew, he probably did the math and he goes, I'm not going to be around for this. This is future stuff. And as he gets this message, he is called to shut up the words or seal them in the book. Uh, this picture of taking these words and preserving them in such a way until the time of the end. And then he speaks of the end and he says, many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. We don't really know uh, exactly what this is, but it points to a future, a future that people are going to run to and fro. And what are they looking for? Knowledge that will increase. And uh, I, I get the picture here that even maybe this is the days that we're looking at today, where more history passes, more history. Even as we've looked at the book of Daniel, I think it's been interesting that some of the prophecy is now history. Isn't that interesting that now some of that prophecy is now history and, and we still have prophecy that is left to be history, but we're putting the pieces together. And then the picture of running to and fro um, is this desire and kind of grabbing and, and marching and it, it's pacing, if you will, and wandering, searching. And for what? For knowledge and even more uh, as time will, it shall increase. And I think that that's probably true of our time of People desiring to know what's going to happen next. I would guess some of you are here this morning uh, because you look at the world and you go, something seems a little wrong here. Something's going wrong here. And it doesn't just seem like people are making dumb decisions, though they are making dumb decisions. But it seems like something's going on. And you wonder. and You're seeking and you're desiring to know is this the end? Is this the end? And it, if it is, 
what is the end all about? And uh, I, I would encourage you, if that's you, most important thing you need to know about the end is where you stand with Jesus. You don't need to know the details. He'll take you home. He'll, he'll, he'll get you there. But know that your soul is secure because of Jesus. And the only way to do that is that you would confess your sins, that you would confess yourself a sinner uh, to the holy God of the universe and accept his gift of his son, Jesus, the one who went to the cross uh, for you. This is the only way, only way. So Daniel gives us a picture of what's to come, that there will be uh, his people It'll be an awful time, the worst time ever, but there will be a deliverance, and this deliverance will be for some a a taking home or um, rescuing them out of this time, those who are written in the book, but also for those who sleep, those who have uh, followed him even to death, everlasting life, and those who have not, uh, there would be judgment for them. Verse 5. And verse 5 kind of is Daniel's response as he uh, looks at this. Verse 5 says, then, then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, two others stood, one uh, on, on this bank of the stream and one on the bank, uh, uh, and, and one on that bank of the stream. You get this picture from previous, um, previous visions. Verse six, and, and someone said the man uh, said to the man clothed in li- linen who was above the waters of the stream, "How long shall it be to the end of these wonders?" That's that question, that middle school kid question, right? How long is this going to last? If it's the worst time ever, how long? Um, why does it matter how long? By the way, why does it matter? Because we're all kind of goal oriented, aren't we? How long do I have to put up with this? What if, what if they told you in school, just go to school. We'll tell you when you're done. We'll tell you when it's summer, summer vacation. That'd be terrible. Because there's a fear in you that it would be forever, right? Eternity. It's school. Uh, this picture, this desire to know how long shall it be? How long will this difficult time last? Verse 7, And I heard the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream. He raised his right hand, a left hand towards heaven, and swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a time, times, and half a time. Well, that sounds confusing. Uh, a time, times, and half a time. I'll get to that. Uh, and, and that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, uh, to an end of all things, would be finished, would be finished. Important stuff. So the question is, when will this end, uh, this time of the Antichrist, this terrible time of his rule, his world government, his persecution, his crushing of people, his wars, when will it be done? He says a year, years, half a, half a year. And this picture here is this, is the idea of one unit, one unit, 
meaning one year, and then two units, multiple units, one unit and then two units, and then a half a unit. unit. What's the math on that? One year plus two years equals three years plus a half a year is three and a half years. Three and a half years. And I think it's important for us to remember as you see this uh, time of tribulation or great tribulation, uh, we've heard over and over again, seven years, seven years. But as I've studied this uh, over and over again, that's true, seven years. But the focal point of the end times is three and a half years the last three and a half years. There's events, you know, in the seven years, but the the real focal point is those last three and a half years, and that's what's pointed out here in Daniel chapter 12. And maybe, you know, just uh, telling you, you know, it's that thing, right? It's the last mile, right? It's the last couple of, that's the difficult part, and you see that in that last three and a half years. Three and a half years to what you get the end of verse seven. It says, uh, the power of the holy people comes to an end. All these things would be finished, would be finished. And, and I think that that is for the picture of persecution and tough times, tough times. You're always looking, when will this be done? When will this be done? And I want to tell you that that's what uh, Daniel, as he heard these things, he was wondering, when will this be done? The answer is, it will be done in three and a half years. And I realize that for us, we still don't know when that three and a half years or that seven years begin. Um, We do, but we don't. We haven't seen that happen yet. Um, We'll get to that again in our passage this morning. But but we're looking to the end. We're looking to the end that is finished. And I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you about something. Just take a breather here from uh, this difficult thing. I I think that you should long, long for the end. Long for the end. I, I think that we've been conditioned here in America because of comforts to long for it never to end. That life would be so good down here that you'd never want it to end. And I want to tell you, I think for the believer, uh, you've been duped, if that's your attitude, to think that this is as great as it gets. That, that a, a sunny day of clear air and not too hot temperatures here in Bear Valley Springs, that that is as good as it gets. I want to tell you, uh, it's not. It's not. That... God is preparing a place for us that he, after this life, for us to reach the finish line, to be done, is a good thing. The struggles of this life be over. Verse 8. I heard, but I did not understand. I want you to you get that in your mind right now. Some of you are thinking right now, well, I don't get it all. Join the club. Daniel said that, right? Daniel did not understand. He saw the vision. He got the details. He, got, uh, he, he experienced this. And his response was, yeah, but I don't understand. I don't get it. Um, I think that should be great encouragement. Some of you are, are wondering, uh, 
about prophecy and how this is all going to come about. And, and you've read and you've studied. And, and if you'd be honest, you say, I, I kind of feel like I still don't get it. I want to tell you, Daniel was in that club. He still didn't get all that he could understand. He got all that he could understand, but he didn't feel like he had the picture of it. It says, then I I said, oh my Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? Verse nine, he said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. I I want you to see these, these two things. Daniel asked, he confessed first that he didn't understand, and then he asked a question uh, wanting more details, wanting more evidence, wanting more picture. And the messenger said to him, he said, go, go your way, Daniel. Uh, meaning, go about, live, do, go, be an 80-year-old. Go, go, go live your life. Go, go away, uh, not get out of here, but like go, go about living. And then he said, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. He had said that before, this picture of the sealing up or, or keeping it, preserving it for the end. And I want to tell you what we're doing right now is because of Daniel preserving, writing this down and God preserving this for us that we could look at it now here in what year are we in? 2021? COVID 2021 or whatever we're doing. He preserved this for us that we might know in this day. And, and as these days come about, this was still recorded here and preserved for this day. This picture here is that it is for us to know the courage both before this day happens, but also as these days happen. Verse 10, many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. Once again, he puts two groups side by side, and he, he, he puts them side by side, but they're separate, they're different. There will be a group during this time, during this day, and I would say, even before that, there will be those who desire to walk with the Lord, to be pure, to w- worship him and walk in holiness. And there will also be those who are wicked and act wickedly. And these will be those who understand and those who do not understand. Verse 11. And once again, we get to some end time math, end time math. Verse 11 says this, and, and from the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away and the abomination that makes desolate is set up. I want to tell you that we don't have all the details of that event. Remember, if you were here last, maybe three weeks ago, I don't know, time flies when you're having fun. But um, we, we saw the picture of Antiochus Epiphanes of him going into the temple, of him sacrificing a pig, of him uh, in history taking the broth of that pig and splattering it around, repulsive uh, in the temple, desecrating the temple. 
uh, stop, the, the picture here was this, that it's the stopping of the, the sacrifices to God, the desecrating of the temple, and the setting up of a monument, another worship of a different God other than the one true God. You see that picture. And now we point to this time, the abomination desolation of that time being the setup or the, the marker of the middle of those seven years. Verse 11, let me read it again. And from that time, the regular burnt offering is taken away, the stopping of the sacrifices to God. And then the abomination uh, that makes desolate is set up, the, the, the defiling of the temple, the, the picture of uh, the separating and the, the, the worship of an unholy God, um, Antichrist himself. And, and, and you get this picture. That's a marker that's the marker of when your clock, I don't believe we're going to be here. I believe the rapture of the church, and I hope to talk about that in a month or so, if it hasn't happened already. Um, rapture of the church, I think we're gone. Um, but the, the picture for, as we watch the world events, that is the one where you set your clock to uh, three and a half years to know that it will be done in those times that time. Um, So that's the marker. And it says, there shall be 1,290 days. Well, 1,290 days, uh, it's tricky math. I'll I'll admit, I'll admit to you that. First of all, uh, how many, uh, how many days are there in a year? That's for you and for me. Ancient, uh, civilizations were much smarter than we are today, much smarter. They did 360 days. And a month was 30. Let's keep it simple. What are are they doing in February, right? You know, 28 plus 1 or whatever, every once in a while, you know. uh, uh, so, So what you have is you have 42 months at 30 days, which brings you to 1,260. But didn't I just read 1,290? Yes, I did. Uh, The scripture is true, and I trust it. And so we look at this as the time. Remember, when does your clock set? at, At that moment in time, that day of the abomination desolation. That's when it sets three and a half years. So, So when you do the math, it's three and a half years of 360 days plus 30 days, plus 30 days. And so as we look at this, we realize that something is happening in those 30 days. It's not that the, it's seven years plus 30 days. Well, what is happening? Uh, it's that day of the Lord events. It's him bringing about, bringing about uh, the judgment of that time. And so you see 1290 days. And then verse 12 says this, blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 1335 days. So you do the math and uh, you, you say, wait, there's not just 30 days, but there's also more days uh, that bring about what is happening during that time. As you look at Revelation chapter 20, and we won't turn there, but I, I mark it for yourself. 
is as you look at the chronology of what's going to happen seven years and the, the coming of uh, the Christ, his second coming, and really, and remember, we've talked about this. His second coming will be different than his first coming. His first coming, he came humble, he came as a baby. He came with no, uh, you know, there wasn't this great rolling out of the red carpet. The world didn't stop. The second time he will become coming as a conqueror, as bringing about judgment. And I want to tell you, it will not be the same. And so we see this. But now uh, there's this other blessing of time that comes after this. And what is it? Um, if you look at Revelation chapter 20, you'll see a, a thousand-year reign of Christ where Satan is bound. Uh, I want to tell you, as you look at the book of Revelation, once again, uh, as Daniel would have heard this, he would have gone, I don't get all this. How is this all going to come about? I want to tell you, we're not supposed to get all of it. We're not supposed to understand completely. We are supposed to know that it is happening. It's going to happen. And so as we look to the future, we put these things together, even as we would look from Daniel to the book of Revelation, a further and greater revelation of the details of what is to come. We can look forward to a time where Satan is truly bound for a thousand year reign uh, of Christ here on the earth. And I want, I want to tell you, so some of you haven't studied this at all or have an opinion. Some believe that that thousand year reign is not a literal thousand years. Some, some believe that. Um, I am not one of them. I believe it's a literal thousand year reign. You know why? Because it gives no indication that that is uh, some kind of spiritual or, or it, it gives no indication. It says a thousand years. And so if it says a thousand years, you know how many I think it's going to be? A thousand years. Because it says it in God's word and I trust him. We don't have a... a a lot of data regarding that in the book of Revelation, uh, but enough to know that it is going to happen. End time math. So we see uh, this second uh, number, 1335, is a, beyond that, this thousand-year reign uh, of Christ found in Revelation chapter 20. So we come to the end, and I, I find it a, a fitting and uh, interesting conclusion Verse uh, 13. But go your way, speaking to Daniel, but go your way till the end, and you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. Verse 13 is a conclusion for Daniel, but it's also a conclusion for us. Go your way till the end. What should you be doing? Once again, it's this idea of going about doing what God wants you to do till the end. What should you be doing today? You should be walking with Christ today. You, you should be loving him. You should be sharing the good news of the gospel. You should be loving your wife and your kids or your husband and your kids or and your grandkids you should be serving in your church. You should be loving and, and encouraging people as you have today. You should be going about doing. You picture Daniel, once again, as an 80-year-old, and him uh, having 
been able to reflect on 80 years of life, right? A lot, a lot of things to do. And he gets this amazing intense, and even as you look at the chapters prior, uh, there were a couple of points in time where he says, you know, I hadn't showered for a long time, and I hadn't gotten out of bed for weeks, and I was undone, like I, I didn't know what I was doing. But like there's, this is heavy, it's a heavy message, but what shall you do? What should you do? The conclusion of this, as you know that the end is coming, Go your way till the end. Live till the end. Or live till your end. And it says, and you shall rest. Probably once again, the picture of, and you shall die. Go your way till the end, and you shall die. And then you shall stand in your allotted place at the end of days. What is your allotted place? It's God's role for you in eternity. <laughs> Do you get this picture? It's very simple. Daniel goes back to simple things after talking about in super complex prophecy. He says, live your life. You're going to die. And then you'll go to your allotted place as part of God's eternal plan for you and his eternal plan as a whole. Well, there it is. Just Daniel, just a simple book. You know, just wandered through it. Not a big deal, right? We got it. I'm going to give you three things this morning, and I really want to encourage you to come next week. Um, most of you come every week, no matter what I'm preaching or who's preaching or what's going on. You just come. I'm thankful for that. That's where we're God's people. That's where we meet. We meet. Um, and we are planning on meeting next week and the week after that and the week after that until he comes. Um, uh, I, I want to encourage you to come next week because I think that we're going to be able to show... Uh, some highlights that really will help cement this book and put it in perspective, both the practical things at the beginning as we looked at Daniel's life, but also the prophetic things that will come together and show us how to live in light of knowing that this end will come. So I wanted, that was a commercial. Now, three things in conclusion for this morning. I want to encourage you to have these things. First one is this, faith in the plan of the Father. Faith in the plan of the Father worked out in the second coming of Christ. I, I, I know this sounds difficult to, to think about this, and I know we have many fears. I know we have many fears. Um, I, I want to encourage you to have faith in the plan of the Father. And his plan is worked out in the second coming of his son, Jesus. I say faith in the plan of the Father. As Daniel looked at this, this was not his plan. It was not his plan. He did not write this plan. He, his, his pen was the one that was writing it down, but he was receiving it, receiving it. And most of us are pretty committed to our plan, and we make plans based on what makes us comfortable, what we feel like we can handle. And I want to tell you, uh, that is n not the concern here, not your plan, not my plan, but faith in the plan of the Father worked out in His Son in the second coming. Second thing I want you to get this morning and just kind of bringing things together, Christ is coming. Christ is coming. His judgment and His reign. Christ is coming. Uh, 
that should be, that should be for you and for me, our perspective. Christ is coming. And so as we look at history and we look at today and we look out in the future, we, we have to uh, put in perspective that Christ is coming. And so for some of us, we go, well, today looks kind of bleak. Today looks kind of rough. And, you know, I just think if we just get through this uh, rough patch here, you know, we'll get back on the other side and everything's going to be peachy and we'll go back to paradise, life on earth. Bear Valley Spring is paradise. I want to tell you, that doesn't fit with Scripture. Christ is coming. He is bringing this to conclusion. And like I said, I don't believe that we're going to be here for this. Rapture's coming, month and a half, not before. I'm going to talk about this. That's my plan. But... um. Not that he's coming in the next, that would be a better plan than I had, but if he would come in the next half. But Christ is coming, and this should be our hope and our perspective. As we, as we looked out in the future, some of us go, oh, man, it would be great if President Trump came back and he'd save us all. I tell you, uh, he won't. Well, he probably won't come back, and he probably won't save us all. And you say, well, the midterms and you know this and just different time. Maybe they'll have some breakthrough disease or medicine that will save us all, and like everything will just be beautiful here. And I want to tell you, Christ is coming back. He is our hope and our perspective. As we consider this life that, that we look at things that, that aren't right, we should not go, well, if we could just figure out the fix for this, then life would be perfect and we could live forever. I want to tell you, Christ is coming back. If you have problems in your life right now, he is your perspective. He is your hope. And he might choose to fix things down here right now, but his ultimate fix is not down here right now. It's to take us home to be with him forever. Christ is coming. And then thirdly, I just want to say this. Live your life today with Christ. What should you be doing? Living your life with Christ today, doing whatever you think he wants you to do. I want to tell you, this is what we should busy ourselves with. We should not, uh, we should not uh, try to control the world. The world's not going to listen to you. In fact, your own family probably won't even listen to you. But for us today to fill our days with living with Christ, seeking him, walking with him, until he takes us home, until even as Daniel had a perspective in his 80s, used to live his life and then God would take him home and then he would take his allotted place at the end of days. This is for us as well. God, thank you. Thank you for your love for us, your care. Thank you for your plan. God, help us to trust you. Help us not to um, trust in our own knowledge, our own smarts, our own ingenuity and strategies. 
Uh, but may we have the simple faith of a child to know that you had a plan. It was for your son Jesus that he would be the one to stand in our place, to take uh, the penalty that we would live with him and for him and through him, and then we would go to be with you forever. God, may that be our hope and our perspective. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.